Hey, your mamas and papas and have cats gotta elbow the jukebox and be cool like the Fonz. Cool, of course, means a meandering look at time travel, starring the cast of Happy Days. On this episode of Watchbots! Welcome to WatchBots. We're back. This is Ben. I'm here with Shailen. Hello. Some things never change. And Dave. Hello. Hello. A hearty hello. Greetings. <laughs> the world is is still shit, and you know uh, that's obviously more important. But you need to laugh or cringe for a couple hours at, at trivial <laughs> things and. We've got your back. We, we got you. Can, we can take those slings and arrows. Laugh with us, laugh at us, whatever you need to do. <laughs> yeah, whatever works. So in these trying times, there are still some small nuggets of joy. So I want to spend just a minute talking about a few positive pop culture things. Please. For the people. The first is construction has resumed at Nintendo World in Universal Studios Japan. And... These little photos come out, like people flying over with helicopters or people taking shots from within the park. And just yesterday, a three-second video was posted of Bowser's Castle, which is kind of the main, or maybe it's Peach's Castle. It's one or the other. It's like the main centerpiece. And there are coins up, and the coins are spinning, just like in Mario. That's cool. That's so sweet. I love it. (laughs) It's, in the words of Marie Kondo, it inspires joy. (laughs) Uh, i would like nothing better to to go to japan and check it out it's probably not in the cards this section of the park opens at a time when going to japan is just more or less an impossibility but that's okay it's fine (laughs) it's fine let other people go first Mm -hmm. yeah and then they'll find like the cool stuff that works really well they'll get rid of the stuff that doesn't work so well and replace it with something better and then you enjoy it in the words of Arthur Fonzarelli, let my people go. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> uh, item number two here. I can't remember when the, I mean, it, it was within the past couple of weeks, but as we have talked about in the past, I'm a big Mortal Kombat head. And the newest Mortal Kombat game came out last year, had all the classic characters, was a lot of fun. But the company behind it announced and released like a whole new expansion to it. So more to the story and stuff, which is batshit crazy. That's fine. But the real thing here is that they've added RoboCop to Mortal Kombat. Yes. And it's awesome. <laughs> I, I haven't played it yet, but his fatalities involve like the data spike. He calls in uh, ED-209 to oh, fuck man. people up. That's awesome. It looks so much fun. Is his friendship just Ronnie Cox's character comes out and they shake hands? <laughs> oh, boy. What is his friendship? I think... He- he pulls out the gun and the gun shoots fireworks or something. I, I can't recall, but the friendship <laughs> is also quite fun. 
the Terminator is also in there, so you can get back to your favorite Dark Horse comic series, the RoboCop versus Terminator. See who really, really fits the bill there. I still haven't seen RoboCop. It's fine. <laughs> don't don't sound too disappointed. <laughs> it's fine. You're more disappointed in this than you were not able to go to Japan. <laughs> what I'm really disappointed in about RoboCop is, one, Shailen's refusal to watch it, but two, that I missed out on the Criterion Collection <laughs> edition of RoboCop. <laughs> it came, you know, like the Criterion Collection comes, like the very nice packaging. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, there's this beautiful artistry. The RoboCop one was like the steel case and like the letters are embossed on there. But now it goes for like $170 or oh something. Oh my God. Yeah. Lost opportunity. Say la vie. Arnold Schwarzenegger, speaking of Terminator, is in another video game yes. uh, recently. He's in the new Predator game mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as a playable character. And um, I don't know why they just didn't go with Dutch from the 80s. No, they, they did they went, it one better. <laughs> yeah. They went with Dutch from now and he's... <laughs> So he's 70 years old, traipsing through the jungle or whatever the battlegrounds are, uh, looking old as fuck. So I can't wait to play that game. Points for that. I think (laughs) I like that as Arnold has gotten older, you know, as father time comes for us all, he's really like leaned into it. The last Terminator movie, which I have not seen, but I do have on my list. He's an old man. You know, he's not like stallone like injecting his face with hgh to try to look like he's 35 he's accepted that he's an old man and i think that that's pretty cool yeah that terminator movie was better than the one with um amelia clark sure but (laughs) big uh, accomplishment yeah so but not a high bar to overcome was it better than the one with nick stall oh my god i forgot about that one (laughs) terminator 3 rise Rise of machines Machines. yes it's better than that one too Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm I kind of liked Salvation. It was okay. Uh, so it's it's probably around there. I mean, put okay. it at that level. Okay. But yeah, I mean, he's aged well. He's leaned into it. It's it's great. But I'm just glad I get to play him now. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the ultimate power <laughs> fantasy. That's the joy of video games. It's true. You get to role play with no risk. <laughs> it's true. In my day-to-day life, I'm always like, I want to role play, but there's so much risk. <laughs> But I well, pick up a, I pick pick up my PlayStation Four controller and I'm like, now there's little to no. Risk. I want to wear this wizard cloak, but it's too risky. I can't role play. <laughs> you can't show up at work and just start swearing people about lizards and have it work out. But if you're I mean, doing you it could. in a video game, I bet I could pull it off. You probably could. Very charismatic at work. I couldn't do that at work. People would probably have me hospitalized pretty quickly. Yeah, Ben would do it and be like, "Oh, Ben, you're so funny." And then you'd do Try it and be like, "Shailen, are you um, you okay?" You're talking about lizards a lot and fucking them. That's strange. Are you on drugs? <laughs> Should you be on drugs? Who who is fucking lizards in this scenario, Shailen? Mm-hmm. We're calling we're calling a hospital. Yeah, it wouldn't go well. Not too woke. One final nostalgia hit I want to get to <laughs> before we get into tonight's episode. The trailer for the third Bill and Ted movie, Bill and Ted Face the Music, came out this week, and. I have had pretty low expectations for Bill and Ted 3. The last one was made 30 years ago, more or less. And I I, I like the first two Bill and Ted movies a lot. But Alex Winter, who plays Bill, has been talking about this movie for at least 15 years. And Keanu Reeves, you know, just like a a kick-ass guy. He just shows up in all these different projects. But it's like, is this really going to work? Or is this going to be, you know, something that is at least a decade too late? The trailer looks awesome. 
It looks <laughs> completely jazzed on this movie. <laughs> so good. I'm really excited. I've been following on social media for about a year with like different updates and stuff. Right. And I still haven't recovered from the fact that Alex Winter is like 12th billing on IMDb for the project <laughs> because he just hasn't done a ton. His star hasn't really grown, shown since then. Yeah, it's like um, Keanu Reeves, William Sadler, the ghost yeah. of George Carlin, Alex Winter. <laughs> It's weird, it's upsetting, it troubles me, but also I cannot wait for this movie. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that about a lot of movies. Yeah, yeah, this is one I'll see in the theaters, uh, maybe. See, I saw- <laughs> We'll see if theaters still exist then. I would, I would see anything in the theaters now. Yeah. See, I, what, I, what I liked about the trailer was like, I, I started it and I'm like, oh my God, are they going to do like the cutesy, clever thing where like they've grown up, but they're, you know, they're either their kids are like them yeah. or like- they're going to grow up and they have to like go back to their old roles and pretend to be like that and lampoon themselves. But nope, they haven't grown apparently. So I like this. I like this a lot. Same yeah. Old, same old. And it's just like, if you, you peel back the layer and it, it's a trailer. So who knows how the movie actually will pan out. But like this idea that they've had these great expectations thrust upon them and haven't been able to like solve that mystery. So they have to use what's, what's worked in the past. Like it feels oddly complex for a bill and ted movie I, i'm i'm pretty jazzed about it yeah i'm excited so there we go a few uh, a few moments of happiness before we dive back into the shit here <laughs> and why do what, what we should like maybe inverse this like we always discuss like these delightful pop mm -hmm. culture things and then we dive into shit right should we f just flip the premise of the podcast no, because no one's going to make it to the end to hear the good news. So, yeah, we'll talk about the shit first. Yeah. Yeah. You don't really lead with the shit, it. Dave. Yeah. Well, I mean, we discuss those things more. And then at the end, we're like, oh, no, Rescue Rangers kind of sucked. But I feel like the shining of a diamond makes the smell of a poop turd even more, right? You appreciate the good more because you see the bad. Oh, man, my senses, all of them are firing right now. <laughs> Thank you, Ben, for that picture. Just, no wordsmith. Yeah. Born wordsmith. So as we took a week off, we wanted to come back with something something that really sat in the mouth here. And <laughs> we all know I love things based on things, you know, properties, building on properties, this weird inception thing. And this week we were talking about the Fawns and the Happy Days Gang, which is the early 80s Hanna-Barbera cartoon based off of the sitcom Happy Days also known as the story of Shailen's childhood. And <laughs> <laughs> this, is a sh this is a show I've had on my list for a long time now because the idea behind the show is just so truly out of left field and so incongruous with what Happy Days is that like, it's sort of mind-boggling that it even existed. But I guess to start with, were you guys Happy Days fans? I mean, this was before our time, but syndication, obviously, the show was around. I liked Happy Days. I didn't watch it a ton. Big fan of Tom Bosley, as you would imagine uh, I would be. Um, First thing I would think. He was both Father Dowling and David the Gnome. <laughs> and Big ups. I got to speak to him on the phone one New Year's Eve when my dad ran into him through work and... Tom Bosley did not know what was being thrust upon him. It was just my dad, who was working with him, handed him a phone and said, here, you need to talk to her. And th that poor man had no idea that it was like 10-year-old me going, mm. is this, are you David the Gnome? And he went, 
that's me. And he was just the nicest guy. Avoid super trolls. Super kind. <laughs> and I think that I actually became more acquainted with Happy Days after because I was just so delighted that in real life he was as cool as he was on TV. You wanted to try to get him like a royalty check or something. I don't know. One more viewer for Mr. Cunningham. I just loved him. <laughs> uh, what about you, Ben? Did you like Happy Days? To me, Happy Days is sort of like, it's like a piece of cotton candy, right? Like I remember watching it and going, yeah, I guess that was pleasant, but it, no impact whatsoever. Yeah, I think it was just like uh, its reruns or whatever were on, but I don't, mm-hmm. and like I remember sitting down and viewing something. Right. And the theme song, but I couldn't remember one plot. And I don't remember this cartoon at all. No. But I can't no, tell I you, it, it you know, leaves a, a delightful mouth feel. <laughs> so the, the tannins. Yes. I mean, the Rich. most memorable Happy Days thing for me is from the Weezer Buddy Holly video. And that's what really sparked my, my interest in Happy Days. Hmm. But for those in the not in the know, Happy Days is the brainchild of Gary Marshall, who's an executive producer, a big TV guy. And it's a show that started in the 70s, and it's around a group of hip 50s teens who hang out in a malt shop and of course classic character Fonzie who is like the motorcycle riding you know skirt chasing jukebox elbowing son of a bitch with a heart of gold underneath I would argue that he was cool and the rest of the gang were kind of nerdy hangers on is Fonzie cool I'm I'm not sure that I got that from what we watched yes in happy days (laughs) Well, I think he's extremely cool, Ben. He's very cool, <laughs> and we, we will find out more about that. But Happy Days, as a primetime sitcom, was a huge hit. And it spun off Laverne and Shirley. They were characters on Happy Days, got their own show. Mork, Robin Williams, showed up in a cameo. Huh. And Mork and Mindy spun off of Happy Days. So like this really humongous pop culture hit. I don't know that you would get that kind of hit today like just shows spinning off of shows spinning off well law and order and csi bad point whatever but happy days came on the air in 1974 and as we hit 1980 six seasons of the show ratings weren't quite what they used to be and they thought maybe gary marshall in particular maybe not i don't know somebody associated with the show said you know what we can squeeze a little more milk out of this cheese. <laughs> Let's go to Hanna-Barbera and make a cartoon <laughs> based on Happy Days, which sounds insane. Like the idea of kids in a malt shop, like I guess you could do like a Scooby-Doo-ish thing, but well, what even if, they weren't hanging around. They were chasing ghosts. What was the, it's like an Archie comic kind of a thing, but for TV. Right. And Archie, I mean, Riverdale now is a show, but that's like right. a dramatic show. That's not a cartoon. So the idea of, a bunch of kids hanging out with a greaser in his mid-30s in a mall shop considered boring. So they decided to make it into a time travel show. Sure. Where a alien time traveler, backstory unknown woman named Cupcake shows up in the most stereotypical looking UFO you've ever seen. And <laughs> is Cupcake her name? Yes. Or is the name or is it the name they gave her? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I will assure you that is never answered anywhere in the show. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I haven't seen her answer. birth certificate, so. Yeah. IMDb lists her only mm-hmm. as Cupcake. Hashtag release that birth certificate. It was... <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. I think, like, it, like I was thinking her name was Cupcake because that's what Fonzie called her okay. at some point. A term of endearment, as it were. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Not so, misogyny at all. Richie and Ralph Mouth. Fonz wouldn't do that. <laughs> and... 
The Fawns go on this trip. No Potsy, no, no Mr. or Mrs. Cunningham, no Chachi or any of those. Just those three. Fuck Chachi. They were also accompanied by... <gasps> a, wow. That is a hot take. He was a bad character. I don't even know who Chachi is. Scott Baio. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Scott Baio. Bad person. <laughs> who would also want that birth certificate released? But that's <laughs> not true. the point. That's not the point. They were also accompanied by Cupcake and a dog named Mr. Cool, who talked sometimes and seemed to idolize Fonzie and kind of sounded like Muttley from Wacky Races. It, it, like Muttley mated with Slimer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the interesting things about this cartoon, right, is that they had Henry Winkler. He's the title character. I guess there's something to it. Ron Howard's Richie Cunningham and Donnie Most's Ralph had left the sitcom. They were done at the end of season six. This premiered after that, almost concurrently with season seven, but they were both on this show. So the director of huge multinational hit Solo lent his voice to this show. Wolfman Jack is the narrator. Didi Khan, who is Frenchie from Greece, played Cupcake. So you have all of these talented actors. Oh, excuse me? (laughs) Didi Khan was in something else? Oh, yeah? He's in Shining Time Station with me. (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) Shailen, what would Wolfman Jack sound like if he visited Shining Time Station and then he was the conductor, but he was imitating Ringo Starr? Oh my god, there's so many layers That's there. Right. Just try it, Shailen. It's okay. I almost had it, Dave. You, nope. you just Come went on. ahead and... That's BS. Do it. Yeah, it is BS. Do it. No, I Dance. can't do it. Fuck. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. Was it Wolfman Jack because of American Graffiti? Shailen, I have no idea why okay. they cast him on this show. <laughs> I think people just love Wolfman Jack's Everybody voice. Everybody loves Wolfman Jack. Oh, hey there, folks. A- another success I don't understand, but... It's not for me, so it's okay. I was glad that before um, your time. Well, they they showed Wolfman Jack, and then he was like, it was typical Wolfman Jack just saying like these non sequiturs that made no sense whatsoever. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll we'll get into it. Just just like coming in at these really bizarre times, but I think with all of these talented actors, one of the things that's really striking to the show, and we'll get into it, is you can just feel the lack of effort coming off these oh, people yeah. <laughs> with with Richie. Especially like every line he says, it just sounds like he's on quaaludes or they just woke him up from a nap. <laughs> it just feels so lethargic. I have a theory. Do it. And go I would like it. to test the theory as we go throughout the show. Okay. Do you want to hypothesize now or do you want to wait? I'm going to hypothesize now okay. quickly. I think that they just came up with a whole bunch of things that Richie Cunningham might say in a time traveling construct. Mm-hmm. And he only recorded for one day, and ju- they just made him do a bunch of generic lines, so he had no context. Okay. And then they edited everything together <laughs> everything for each episode, mm-hmm. okay. because I can't figure out how Ron Howard could have been this disengaged from anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, in every episode, he's talking about a king that's going to eat him, like, no matter what <laughs> time period they're in. It would make sense. I love this. Oh, it's man. Just, it's artificial intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they defaked Ron Howard. <laughs> <laughs> so... As we said, I mean, the show, too, was produced by Hanna-Barbera, and this is 1980, so it's a little out of that golden age, but still a a name you associate with quality. This ain't it. (laughs) No, no. And, like, quality from the 60s and 70s. Yeah, Like, now it's 1980. It's like, I don't know, Hanna-Barbera. Maybe change your look a little bit. But they did in a wrong way. Yeah, they made Fonzie look 
incredibly realistic and that he just looked so old. They made it worse. <laughs> he looked better in live action. Yeah. Uh, did they do they mocap suited him? I think he still looks better in live action oh, in his man. current age. Oh boy. Oh, hachi machi. It's a heavy shot. I thought you at love. Is this Henry Winkler uh love instead of James Marsden, Jalen? Love Henry Winkler. Mm. Great guy. Mm-hmm. Great I in screen. I don't know if he's great. I, th- I think he's not I problematic. Think, I think he's a good dude. So, defying all logic, the show lasted for two seasons. Only 22 episodes in classic cartoon season form where there's no such thing as consistency. When this went off the air, Mr. Cool and Fonzie went off to star in another Hanna-Barbera, Gary Marshall mashup, Laverne and Shirley in the Army, where Laverne and Shirley were voiced by... Laverne Laverne and Shirley. Shirley. The second season of Laverne and Shirley in the Army went off to be part of another show where it was with Mork and Mindy, who, yes, were voiced by Robin Williams and Pam Dopper. So, like, this weird Gary Marshall animated universe. It's strange stuff. Their contracts must have had, like, a stipulation that if you got to, like, episode X number Mm -hmm. then you had to also do like a secondary thing and it's like either you can do the 78 rpm record recording or you can do the cartoon what do you want to make money on and they all picked the cartoon because by then no one had 78 (laughs) rpm records i mean you can't be doing 78 you're not making any money off that (laughs) yeah why why would you ever choose that option are you kidding me (laughs) you know what i mean like i feel like to choose 78 rpms to have so many different people sure. that had talent and opportunity at that time, there had to have been some sort of weird, like, you know, it's our typical contract. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Johnny Law comes in and he's like, you got to sign that contract. Ab- absolutely. I feel like there had to have been something. That's why there That's was a, weird. like Perry Mason and Matlock cartoons. They had mm-hmm. the same contract. <laughs> I don't think the Matlock cartoon was real. The Perry Mason cartoon. Not yet. Either. Yeah, not yet. Someday. <laughs> so the episode we watched here. Very important. The first episode, and it's called King for a Day. And as we discuss this, I think listeners keep this in mind. This is the first episode of the show. The writers here were partners at the time, Dwayne Poole and Tom Swain. So Dwayne Poole wrote for a lot of cartoons and sitcoms with Tom Swain. Now he exclusively writes made-for-TV movies. I don't know what happened. I don't know when he split with Tom Swain, but I'm very interested. Like Hallmark Hmm. movie movie? channel movies? that that caliber of movie yeah. oh yeah. man those are fantastic to watch so a talent from you know the early 80s to today the episode premiered on november 8th 1980 long time ago almost 40 years ago what was going on back that, then great question Ooh, what were we seeing it's contextual feeling i thought it would be a little different here to take a look at what was going on in the real world of Happy Days. Three days later, on November 11th, 1980, the season premiere of, of Happy Days came on, season seven. It's called No Tell Motel. Joni and Chachi sneak off without permission to a Beach Boys concert in Chicago, but they get in over their heads when Chachi's car breaks down and they get stuck in a motel together. Uh-oh. Now, <laughs> hijinks for sure. But contrast this to what we're about to discuss, where the YouTube thumbnail is Fonzie riding a dinosaur, and I think you can see, <laughs> um, I think you can see where we're going here. A little bit different kind of stuff. Shailen shaking her head, which it just audio broke my format, brain. <laughs> audio medium here. I can't express my thought in word. It can only be just a what the fuck head shake. Well, 
let's not kibitz around here. Let's get into this. Okay. I knew the show was going to be good when there was like a pre-show seconds before the show started. Yeah. A little confusing. Yes, very confusing. (laughs) Let's get into this pre-show. This is the Fonz. Listen up. There is some unbelievable action coming your way today on Fonz and the Happy Days Gang. Don't you miss it. So, (laughs) a few things popped out to me during this pre-show. One, the Fonz here looks like John Travolta from Welcome Back, Cotter. Just facially. They've drawn him that way. (laughs) The dog looks like Hong Kong Fooey. Yep. Yes. Another Hanna-Barbera classic. The Fonz is swinging on vines, and it's just like, this is meant to entice you to watch this show. <laughs> Imagine, like, being a fan of Happy Days. A stretch, but, but bear with me. And you see this, and you're like, oh, man, I always wanted to see the Fonz swinging on vines. Yeah, oh, man, what does it look like when the Fonz goes down the, the neck of a brontosaurus like a slide? What is that? Uh, I always wanted that. What's it all that. about? I want to see this guy jump a shark and swing on vines. <laughs> yeah. So, like... Jumping the shark, a, a term that was coined after Fonz literally jumped over a shark. This is 22 minutes of jumping sharks, this this whole cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, as soon as I saw this preview, I was like, oh my God, when was this aired? Oh, it was after they jumped the shark. Okay. <laughs> but it was in conjunction with Happy Days, which was a real surprise to me. I thought this was like, the show's on fumes. No, the show went on for three or four more years. Yeah, it was like 11 seasons or something. Yeah, just just crazy stuff. So here's the actual song, and it's important to listen to because it's the only backstory you're going to get. We got it all together now, gang. The Fonz. His doggy name, Mr. Cool, and the Good Group. One flaky time machine and a future chick named Cupcake. Oh, now the gang got zapped into that time machine and they're like traveling through time. My, my. They do not dig where that machine is going, but they sure hope to get back to 1957 Milwaukee. Can you dig it? Yeah. (laughs) Are are we clear? (laughs) What's happening here? Do you think they wrote him a script or do you think they showed him the TV show and they were like, narrate the opening now? Oh, no. I think this was meticulously scripted. You huh. think so? I oh, thought yeah. he just like riffed. No, 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 no. No. no oh, I don't think so. and he's got a dog. Oh, and he's got a. And they, they, he said cupcake and they were like, fuck, we have to call her cupcake now. <laughs> Damn we, it. we only had Wolfman Jack once. Her name was Wanda. <laughs> Damn it. We have to change this. Call up Dee Dee. Is she on Shining Time Station yet? <laughs> Ringo, can Didi come? Oh, Chef Koshika, and she's a consummate professional. <laughs> I loved the intro because what you see on screen is exactly what Wolfman Jack narrates. So, Fawns and Richie and Ralph. Is it Ralph Mouth or Ralph Mouth? Mouth. With a T or a P? M A L F. Mouth. Mouth. Is that his last name? Mouth. I thought so. Ralph, are, you, are you saying Pa? Or pow. <laughs> I thought it was Ralph Mouth because he talked a lot. Am I wrong? Uh, it's gonna, possible my entire life I've been saying his name wrong. Shailen's going to do a quick, some quick research. But anyway, so this group is in the... Oh, I spelled it wrong, but it's M-A-L-P-H. Mouth. 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 Ralph Mouth. Hmm. 
Listeners, we want to hear from you. Uh, hashtag Ralph's last name. So they're already in the parking lot with Mr. Cool the dog. So where Mr. Cool came from is never explained, unless he showed up in some episode of Happy Days that I'm not aware of. But all of a sudden, they're in the parking lot of Mel's? Mm-hmm. That That's where they're? A UFO shows up out of nowhere. This girl with these huge bug eyes pops out. And then they're all in a time machine going through time. <laughs> and I wrote in my notes, please let this be the only explanation. And I was so happy that it was. <laughs> you join this like in media rest. Like you don't get any oh, other yeah. explanation about I this. Love, I love car wrecks like this. It's so good. Like you're just like, just licking your lips. Like, yes, let's dive in. Come <laughs> let's on, get let's into do this. And we do. Because we go into the time machine, which it looks a little bit like the inside of of Doctor Who's phone booth, depending on the Doctor Who, but that's fine. But let's meet the star of the show, right? Let's meet the Fonz. Yes, you got a little problem here. All right, you refugee from the scrap heap. Just cool it. What's going on here, Cupcake? I thought we'd be back in 1957 by now. I'm sorry, Fonz. <laughs> so you're in the time machine, and they're hey, like they're upside down, and things are going haywire. And Fonz walks in, and he does his elbow in the jukebox trick to the time machine, and he fixes it. <laughs> and then he's like, "I thought we were going back to 1957, eh?" And it's like, how long have they been on this adventure? <laughs> Was this their first stop? I had no idea that they weren't in 1957. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I thought, like. I thought the premise of the show, given the beginning, was like they just keep going into the time machine in yeah. 1957 and they have to go back. But like they're just floating around in time. They're Maybe? like quantum leap. They have to get the right pieces of the story to mm-hmm. line up correctly or else they're just in time forever. Oh, man. I wish Scott <laughs> Bakula was in this. That would have been good. Uh, there should be a quantum leap cartoon. Yes. Sign, sign my petition. Change.org slash quantum leap cartoon. I'll try to get that up bef- before we post this. So Fonzie's cool. And you know he's cool because everybody says he's cool every five to six seconds. Wow, Fonz. Oh, that's real cool. (laughs) And I know that that's sort of the gimmick of the show is Fonzie is the epitome of cool. They turn that up to like 15 in the show (laughs) every four seconds. Not only do they have characters constantly saying he's cool, but they have Mr. Cool, the ironically named dog, act as his foil. So he's not cool he's not because cool. he tries too hard. Mm. And that's 99% of the fucking jokes on this show. It was so difficult to watch. Like, oh, we, we're just going to call Fonz cool a lot. All right, fine, whatever. You turn it up to 33. That's cool. But like, yeah. but now we have this other character just to show really how cool Fonz is. <laughs> we need a dog who's not cool. <laughs> Imagine that casting call. <laughs> Frank well, Welker, no. please. Uncool dog. I was going to say, they needed an, a talking dog, and it was Hanna-Barbera, so Frank Welker did it, because mm. he was every talking dog. <laughs> you bet he was. And he still is. Don't say that about Megatron. He was a complicated character. <laughs> so Mr. Cool tries to be cool, and he's like, I can't do a good Mr. Cool. It sounds like Wolfman Jack. But he elbows the time machine. It starts getting fucked up, and they are, quote unquote, stuck in reverse. And I like I don't know what that means. Like it, I guess it means they're going back in, back time, in time, but that's it, it, they say back it really oddly. See, that's cool time travel music, right? Right. What we get here. And it's it's rainbows and sparks. 1957 
sci-fi sound effects. That's what you right. get. In a 1980 cartoon. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. I'm fascinated with how cartoons and movies do time travel. You know, like there's always like lines and stuff. This was just rainbows and sparks. This was particularly lame. <laughs> um, so they land in what is very clearly, you know, the Jurassic period, the Cretaceous period, obviously in the past, right? Mm-hmm. Ralph Malf, Rolf Malf thinks that they've landed in Miami and Cupcake decides to just like she just walks through the wall. <laughs> I don't know how she does this. She has powers too. She has magic powers. She's magic. She wanders through the wall. And then Fawn's like he wolf whistles at her and she comes back and he's like, "Hey, you got to go through the door." And then he makes the door open by giving it a thumbs up and going, "Hey." And then he puts his hands in his pockets and he like he sticks his his like his dick out. Well, not like literally, but he thrusts his hips and he just does this like weird strut out the door. It's reminiscent of many Scooby-Doo characters. Mm-hmm. It, it's like a Hanna-Barbera animation choice. Right. It is super uncomfortable to look at in this cartoon because all of the <laughs> super people- Super titillating to look at. Just They're... cock thrusts. Yeah. <laughs> all of the characters are drawn like just to this side of realistic and right. not cartoony enough for it to work. Like it worked on Scooby-Doo because none right. of them were real looking. Sure. But then in this you have like, it's just so, oh, God, it's giving me the willies and the wonkas again. It was like they took Shaggy's pants from Scooby-Doo and put it on the fawns and gave it like a cock outline. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, this cock walk, thumbs up, A thing, this, again, this happens at least once a minute. Oh, this yeah. is most of what the fawns character does. And do you know what else happens once a minute? The dog tries to copy him That's true. and fails, and it happens over and over and over again, and I wanted to blow my brains out. It was awful. <laughs> Let's listen to a clip of the dog talking, because this is one of the more infuriating things about Mr. Cool. So he kind of does like a Dino from the Flintstones, but it's more annoying, and he does he can't always do it either. Right. Well, he sounds like Dino. Dino couldn't talk. I'm such an idiot. But you know what I mean? Like, Fool. He's like the little brother of the show. You know what I mean? And that's not supposed to be an insult to any little brothers out there. But like really forcefully imitating the fawns and just completely fucking up and just being a real nightmare. A scrappy-doo, if you will? Yes. Yeah. Yes. There are some yeah. scrappy-doo things here. This this dog has <laughs> ev- is everything but its own character. It's a, yeah, it's yeah. Slimer, it's Muttley, it's uh, Hong Kong Fooey, it's Scooby, it's Scrappy Doo, you know. It's kind of like Batman at the end of the Dark Knight, right? Like the hero, like he can be whatever we need him to be. Yeah, you know, we yeah. can project on him. He can play the fool, he can be the jester, but he can be the great hero as well. Mister Cool is the talking dog we deserve, but not the one we need right now. But he mm-hmm. is the talking dog that we need, but not the one we deserve, mm-hmm. and not the one we want either. Yeah. <laughs> Something else I noticed here. Yes. And I had to look up to make sure that Henry Winkler voiced the character. A lot of times here, the Fonz sounds like famed cartoon feline Top Cat. Yep. Like this. That future chick is good looking, but she'll never learn. All right, come on, guys. <laughs> like, I was convinced that it was the guy who voiced Top Cat. <laughs> I was wondering why he kept, like, taking, like, a cartoon fishbone out of his jacket. <laughs> I wonder how much... Henry Winkler based the Fonz on Top Cat, and you don't notice until he's animated. (laughs) Oh, man. Cartoon Inception. That's great. I love it. We'll hit him out. We'll we'll find out. 
he's probably not busy during the uh, during the quarantine. So they're outside, and <laughs> I'll try not to harp on this, but I kept writing like, how long have they been on this adventure? Because they just walk out of the time machine, and Richie and Ralph and and the Fawns, they are totally cool with what's going on. Like if you took some fifties teens and you put them in a fucking time machine. Like their brains would be exploding, but these guys, like they must have been on so much reefer because they are just, they're down with whatever's going on. They do not give a fuck. They did not get high. That was a point, a plot point in Happy Days. I don't believe it. You don't have to believe it. I'm just telling you. (laughs) They don't explain their lack of fear, but they do explain what a time band is. Do you know what a time band is? Not yet. Isn't that the thing that Robert Downey Jr.'s character figured out in Avengers Endgame. <laughs> that was the barf system? No, wait a minute. The Mobius strip or something? Like that. <laughs> yes, the Mobius strip. Yeah. Also a good pole move. According to my time band, we're standing on the back of a prehistoric brontosaurus! <laughs> so they're, they're standing on a brontosaurus, very clearly. As opposed to a modern-day brontosaurus. <laughs> a good point. Or a medieval brontosaurus. <laughs> Her time band is essentially an Apple Watch with a picture of a brontosaurus. Now, what that has to do with time, I'm not exactly sure. I think she meant GPS, but through time. I don't know. I don't know. I was just, I was mystified at a lot of this. The brontosaurus is pissed off. Now, we know because we are modern folks, we've seen Jurassic Park, brontosaurus are leaf eaters, right? That's right. They're vegetarians. But they think the brontosaurus is going to kill them. So some of the characters get hung up in vines somehow. Fonzie, like, he squares up to the brontosaurus and he starts, like, slicking his hair back with a comb. And he's like, I'll fucking knife you. And then the brontosaurus is intimidated. The The time machine falls off the back of the brontosaurus into a mud pit. Ralph and Richie are kidnapped by Neanderthals riding pink triceratops. This all happens in about four seconds. It is fast. It's a lot happening for a show that is very poorly paced. That was a lot to cram in there. It was like four minutes into the show. And I was like, are we done yet? Is this over? Like, I feel like I've been watching this for an hour. <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. <sighs> Not quite. But we cut back. So so Ralph and Richie have been kidnapped. The Fonz doesn't know this yet, but the Brontosaurus gives Fonz a big old smooch. Hold it. Hold it. When you go gentle on the leather, why don't you just stay right here uh, and uh, guard the goop? Guard the goop. (laughs) 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 And if you thought that that, you know, save the leather joke was was a real banger, uh, stay tuned because a little later you also get hands off the leather. (laughs) So Fonzie, hands off the leather. He's got his cockwalk. He gives a thumbs up. He a's and he likes his leather jacket. These are the man's uh, characteristics to now. You can also communicate with dinosaurs. Yes, he's so cool. He can tame the mighty Brontosaurus. Well, as we know, the whole era apparently had the English language. Not only the English language, but the English language with the exact same dialect as everyone. <laughs> In letters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, weird things like that. Social construct of kings. So <laughs> Cupcake and the Fawns go to find Ralph and Richie. They have Mr. Cool with them. All of a sudden, a woman swings in, picks Fonzie up on a vine, and like his character model just stops moving, and then he swings away. This is Bruta. Mm-hmm. Look 
Tu bruta. Hey, nice work, Mr. Cool. You know, now just kick. Hey. <laughs> the minute <laughs> Bruta looks like like an adult Pebbles Flintstone. Yeah. Like yeah. exactly. Except with wild eyebrows. If Pebbles yeah. and WWE's China somehow had a baby. Right. Like, melded together. And with that physical characterization, they decided to voice her as if she was like somebody's old grandmother. Old grandmother who spoke another language before she came yeah. from the old country. Like fluent in Russian. Yeah. And not in English. So Isn't weird. that just cave dialect? Like, I thought oh, that could be. Yeah. yeah. I thought, let's let's be respectful, guys. That's fair. That's fair. Thank you. At the really old country. I also like Tennessee. Which when it was just one, when yeah, yeah. one right, one, one giant one old country. swath of earth. Yeah, things were simpler then, even simpler than they were in '55. It's true, or '57, whatever. Listen, don't pin me to the wall here. It was the best year of the Chevy because it had the biggest wings. I remember that. Of course, that was your first car, wasn't it, Shannon? You were. I uh, wish you were thirty-three years old. Who Did, told you I was immortal? Do you know, Heinz 57, Jimmy Buffett's favorite, was named after that Chevy. That's a lie. No, it was, not true. It was, it was named after the, the year uh, Happy Days took place. He loves mm-hmm. that show. It's true. He named the Heinz ketchup. Yeah. A, a real parrot head knows. <laughs> First of all, it's not a ketchup. It's a sauce. But a real parrot head knows the real story. It's also ketchup. <laughs> no, it isn't. Heinz Cats. 57 is ketchup. Ketchup. Those are different things. Ketchup is gross. Uh, listen, parrot heads, hit us up. Uh, hashtag... Uh, is Heinz 57 a ketchup or a sauce? Uh, hashtag cats up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hashtag math sucks. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Br- Bruda carries the fawns away. And I liked this because the fawns, he's usually like, hey, but now he's pissed and he goes, hey. <laughs> this is pissed off, hey. <laughs> Maybe I like this show. We go, back, <laughs> we go back to Ralph and Richie, who are in a cage, and they're talking to one of the Cro-Magnon men, right? And his name is apparently Rock, and you only know this because they say it. But anyway. King, why didn't you say so? Let me be the king, Rock. The gist of this is Rock is looking for a king for a day, and Rolf Malf says, oh, I'll do it. I'll be the king for a day and I'll come back and I'll pardon you, Richie. And that's it for that scene. That's what's going on. And you're like, something's afoot here. I don't trust this rock. The only rock I trust is Dwayne Johnson. So how's that tequila? I I haven't had it yet. Mm. We keep talking about it. I keep talking about it. The liquor store that delivers it, it keeps going in and out of stock. And I am trying to avoid going to stores, but I will have it soon. And I will let the world know how Terramana is. Hashtag raise a glass. You get the Rocks tequila. You get Ryan. Um, shit, what's his name? Ryan Go- not Ryan Gosling. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Uh, oh, that's right. His, uh, his, gin. his gin. You line them up together, and then you've got like the you know our greatest action heroes. Mm-hmm. Wait, you forgot about Stone Cold's beer? I have had Stone Cold's beer, uh, Broken Skull IPA. Dan Aykroyd's tequila. Dan yes. Aykroyd's tequila in the Crystal Skull. The Stone Cold Steve Austin beer is delicious. Uh, highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to look on the liquor apps and see if we can get that too. And then I will set up the recording equipment and have Ben do an mm. analysis of which liquor was best, but which not until he's liquor. tried all of them. <laughs> I will say, and I, you know, 
on a show famous for diversions, I will divert even further. The quarantine and the pandemic and all that stuff has obviously been a nightmare, but that it has opened up more places willing to deliver things to you. Yes. I know that we're entering like idiocracy and I accept that because like having a liquor store order come and you just show them your ID and they leave the stuff. God, it's awesome. <laughs> we're, we're coming to that place where I never have to leave the house. It's great constraints bearing innovation. It's, it's lovely. <laughs> it almost feels like I'm going to keep diverting. My dad often talks about when he was a kid and everything got delivered to their house and like he himself was right. a milkman and like, you know, you didn't go buy vegetables Someone dropped vegetables off and sure. you gave him some milk in exchange. And it's like, should we get back to bartering? Maybe we should just say like, fuck money. I will I will take liquor and here are some embroidered pillows. I don't need to go for some fuck money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is the ideal, but I would also settle for the old service merchandise model where you look in the catalog, you go to the counter, your thing comes in in a little conveyor belt, they hand it to you. Yeah. If you take the person out of that equation... And just have the conveyor belt like drop it into my hands. That would be the ideal. Apparently, that's how curbside pickup works at a lot of places. Hmm. You just like you tell them your uh, license plate number in the order. Oh, the fun we have! So <laughs> back back to happy days. Adulthood is weird. I'm sorry, the the Fawns in the Happy Days gang. So we're back with the Fawns who escaped from Bruda. Like he just got away. They showed in like a half second, but it's very jarring because he's being taken away and then he's just back with Cupcake and, and Mr. Cool. Yeah, she wanted to play like light as a feather, stiff as a board with him and he was like, hey, <laughs> no way. Hey, the Fonz don't play that. Watch the leather. <laughs> they run into a Tyrannosaurus Rex and the Fonz, cock walks up and... And I guess I'll have to feed him a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> so he's gonna punch out the T-Rex who is... Easily twenty times his size. Is he so cool, or is he just stupid and ha- and uh, just like ignorantly walks through whatever time or a space lot of false bravado kind yeah, of thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it could be. Shailen, thoughts? I've always thought that false bravado was essentially the same thing as stupidity. So, mm. Mm. and coolness somehow connects to that. Like, what, what is cool? What is hip? Tell me, tell <laughs> what, me. What is it? So it's it. <laughs> What is it? Rather than let the fawns take a swing at a T-Rex, Cupcake here brings out magic, which you knew she had a little of when she walked through the door, but she's going to levitate the T-Rex somewhere. Instead, (laughs) she levitates herself and fawns and Mr. Cool, and we get her famous catchphrase. Goes down in the annals of history. Oh, moon craters. <laughs> and the, the beginning of that, like when she's, she was like, oh, moon craters. I was like, is this uh, it's getting dirty? <laughs> uh, moon craters, of course, a euphemism for um, inverted the, the, the G spot. I don't know. <laughs> Shayla didn't care for that. It's fine. Not. So it's, she has inverted she, nipples. Okay. Hmm. I'm more on board with that, but it still weirds which, me which out. Which I have. Which lead directly to the G spot. Makes it very difficult to, to breastfeed. <laughs> there, never mind. I was going to share a horrible story. Yeah, you get things <laughs> with hooks and stuff. So <laughs> she levitates them up the cliff, but then all of a sudden they hear, like, help me. And they look down, and now Bruda is with the T Rex, and she's going to be eaten. But Fawns climbs on a vine which was there, thankfully, and he takes Mr. Cool, and, I mean, this is cool. 
So, <laughs> Jesus. They saved Bruda. And then, oh, did they? The dialogue didn't reveal that. <laughs> and Bruda leaves. And I was like, wow, we must be getting to the end of the episode. I looked at the timestamp. There were 15 minutes left. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, what is happening? I think we're going to say this a lot during this episode. Like, yeah. it just kept happening. I kept checking the, I like press my phone, check the, the uh, you know, the time on, on, on YouTube and be like, oh, fuck, it's not even half over. <laughs> and so they get to the village now. So Cupcake and Fonzie and Mr. Cool. And the village has a sign out front that just says, no strangers allowed. And they had run across a sign earlier that said, like, Dinosaur Village. And, I mean, again, it's a cartoon for kids, so there's no logic as to why any of this would be happening. But it's just, it's striking how lazy it all is. Did they just land in a theme park? Oh, Oh, okay. And they are actually dumb. (laughs) Or, like, it's like that Star Trek episode where, like, you're imagining things to life. Maybe it's something like that. It could be. Yeah. Potential paradise, but you think the wrong thought, and you're really in the shit. It's true. The poop fields, if you will. So they run across Rock in Rock's friend. And Fonzie's like, hey, release my friends. And Rock won't do it. And then Cupcake's like, I'm going to do magic. And she shoots rainbows. And then they're all in the cage with Richie because Ralph is the king. But Ralph isn't actually helping them. He's just eating grapes. Is that right? All did of I, that's did true, I capture but all I, think, that? I think you misquoted the Fonz there. Okay. I don't think hey. he said, like, release my friends. What? I think he said something else. That's later. Oh, damn it. Uh, <laughs> you, but I do, you, you did have, like, a very nice Wolfman Jack impression with like that with that description. Like, just <laughs> a couple words. <laughs> just, like, madness. Yeah. <laughs> pauses, a couple words, pauses, and you're like, what are you talking about? How did you have such a long it's radio happening. career? Because he played good music. For me, it's just because I'm short of breath. It's <laughs> tough to talk this much, you know? <laughs> I've had a week to let my throat recover, and now it's tough. So it's allergies-induced asthma. It's, it's the, terrible. Mean, oh boy, pollen is bad this year. Mm. So now they're all in the cage, so and they're talking to Rock, and now the plan comes to light. The Rock says, Him just king for day. We feed king to fire god at sundown. So they're going to throw him no. to the fire god. Burn, baby, burn, right? It's turned into like a Wicker Man midsummer cartoon. <laughs> it's delightful. I love it. I wanted them to put them in like a giant Wicker Man. That would have been amazing if they did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or some like kind of like floral, folksy, sort of <laughs> cultish, like. Or it's like a Temple of Doom thing. You know, like there, there's oh, like yeah, rubies yeah. around and yeah. they're, they're lowering them in, but it's not quite that extravagant. Ralph's heart is pumping in the in Roxy. <laughs> He killed Rolf Molf and <laughs> Kalima. Hashtag Kalima. So we come back from commercial. Now, everybody knows this plan except for Ralph because he was sitting on the throne. We come back. They're all still in the cage. They can see Ralph being paraded around. They never yelled to him, hey, dumbass, they're going to kill you. <laughs> Just watch him getting paraded around and away from the village toward the volcano. They either had a plan to let him die or just non-verbally decided amongst themselves, fuck it, not important. He's he's dragging us down. I think it's the former because like Ralph or Rolf uh, <laughs> offers nothing. His name is Ralph. Ralph, Ralph Malf. Rolf Malf. So now the kids are alone. 
the kids and Mr. Cool. And Mr. Cool decides he's going to use his dog strength to try to break out of the cage. And he runs and he hits his heads on the bars, right? Or multiple heads, as I just said. Now, he's a fuck up, right? Now, that's that's not really what's important. What I want you guys to listen to here, this is a Richie Cunningham high effort line. Well, that, that was really a good try, Cool. That was really a good try, Cool. I would like to cite my theory once again. <laughs> that was really a good try. Boy. That was a really good try. That that appears in 17 of the 22 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it could be because, I mean, he just, they do the same thing over and over. Uh, I need I need sources on that, Shailen. <laughs> no. <laughs> Shailen, cite your source. I will not. Shoddy investigative journalism. This podcast is canceled. Always. <laughs> I need you to do your research on the contracts and uh, how many lines Richie recorded. Find the master tapes. Get your Freedom of Information Act stuff going and let's... I'm just going to tweet Ron Howard this week and see oh, what see he that, says. Maybe that's a more direct way. So Fonzie does another wolf whistle. And you're like, oh man, who's he calling? But who shows up? But Bruda. And she's here for her? Hey, 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 hunky baby! <laughs> Good God. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point out this was recorded in 1980. Now, that's true. I was at your wedding, Ben and right. Shailen, and I was there where Ben saw Shailen turn the corner, mm-hmm. and I was there where Shailen walked up the aisle, and Ben lifted up the veil, and and, <laughs> and Shailen just said, hey, 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 okay, baby, <laughs> under her breath. <laughs> it was a, a moment, moment we'll all remember. Yeah, so don't, you know, try not to... <laughs> hey, she brought, to throw stones, Shailen, She okay? brought passion to the table, and I think that that is to be commended. Yeah, just like Shailen did on her wedding day. <laughs> hey, 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 hunky baby. Damn straight. Hashtag, hey, 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 hunky baby. So Bruta rips the bars off because she is a brute, as is in her name. And <laughs> another vine shows up. And the thing about vines, right? You usually jump, right? And momentum swings you across. That's correct. You ever seen a Tarzan? That's how it works. If I've seen Crystal Skull. I know how vines work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bruda grabs Fonzie, in, who has Mr. Cool in one arm, and from a dead stand, she just swings away. <laughs> I like the idea that there was like another caveman who was up above and just like tried really, really hard from the root and just to <laughs> give her a little momentum. But she just does this completely effortlessly. Richie and Cupcake are left alone for now because the cavemen come back and get them. Bruda is swinging and then she stops. She drops Fonzie and Mr. Cool. She picks up a bear and swings away with the bear. None of that was explained. I don't know if they did like a Raiders of the Lost Ark switch and she's just an idiot. Like this was really confusing. So I was under the impression that they're swinging along Mm -hmm. and the dialogue as this is happening is Fonzie's like, no, no, I have to help my friends and that they do like a switcheroony. Right. And so I think that they swapped the bear for the Fonz and a dog and she didn't (laughs) notice. (laughs) Oh, I thought thought she wanted to have sex with the Fonz and he was like, no, hands off the leather or whatever. And then he he was like, go have sex with the bear. And she was like, good idea. (laughs) Hunky Berry. Hunky Berry. I was going to say, because you're not going to mistake a bear's fur for the rich, supple Corinthian leather of the Fonz's jacket. Yeah. Maybe. I'm not, but she's a cave woman. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, oh, he's a Ursa Major hobby. (laughs) I like it. 
Shailen, people can't see you shaking your head. Yeah, it's, it's not, not your form. It, it doesn't matter <laughs> if people hear what I'm saying. I'm just reacting, and it doesn't add anything, so I'm saving air If you're going to shake your head, can you shake your head and like rub on the mic like a... <laughs> That's very nice. So, fortunately, the Fonz... ASMR fans now. Nice. <laughs> you bunch of sickos. No, I'm just kidding. Fortunately for the Fonz, he lands just outside a cave. And what does a cave mean? That is a wild leap of logic to take, man. The volcano is right in front of them, and there's just a cave, and he thinks it's a shortcut. Now, a shortcut to what? I have no idea. Volcano. Yeah. Because it's a cave. Shortcut to lava? His plan is to just go to the center of the volcano, I guess, right? It's like, I mean, that's where he ends up. I love like the cave here is a yonic symbol. Like he's he and Bruda are just talking about you know getting wild, mm-hmm. and then he just he enters this hot cave. <laughs> it's so yeah, good. it's disgusting, Hanna Barbera. <laughs> For what it's worth, here I don't want to get too dragged down in science. They so they walk into a volcano and they're walking next to a lava river, which I will talk about in a moment. I'm looking at it right now. The temperature of lava when it's first ejected from a volcano is between 700 and 1200 degrees Celsius or 1300 to 2200 degrees Fahrenheit. So I suspect hot, unbearable hot. It, it, you'd be warm in that leather jacket inside the volcano. But they're in the volcano now, right? And they're walking. He's and so cool. He's very cool. That's he, why you think he, his coolness. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's like so ice. cool. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's an ice man. This fucking oh god, this fucking <laughs> cartoon and this character like he's so fucking cool. That he's like impervious to like seven hundred degree heat. Oh god! <laughs> At least it, it's ridiculous, and it, it'll get it gets worse. Just sorry, I mean, it going. gets more ridiculous. Yeah. So they're walking, and then they come across a lava river, right? And Mister Cool freaks out because Mister Cool doesn't want to walk in lava, which makes sense. And the Fawns, who it's been shown he can carry the dog quite easily. It's not a large dog. He's like, "Yep, hey, you're fucked." <laughs> Mister Cool has to build stilts. To walk in the lava river while the Fawns walks next to the lava river on like the, the bank of it with plenty of room and showing no side effects of the heat. That is correct. And the stilts are like they're super stilts because they get destroyed by the end, but it takes several minutes of walking in, again, 2200 degree lava <laughs> for them to show any signs of wear. They're walking in this cave too for nine 10, 11 minutes. It just, I thought you were going to say hours. It, it's just so fucking laborious, man. But they're doing that. Now we're back to the other group. Like We're just cutting back and forth. The cavemen, Neanderthals, Cro-Magnons, whatever. Whatever the proper term is. They're holding Ralph above the mouth of the volcano. And Richie comes up with a plan. Now, it's the most numbnuts plan I've ever heard. But here we go. No way! You throw him in, you gotta throw us in too! Good idea! That makes Fire God real happy! That isn't how it was supposed to work! I don't know. <laughs> how was it supposed to work, Richie? <laughs> I don't know. Was he a numbnuts in the show, like Happy Days? I don't remember him being quite that stupid. Like, I thought that he was like a, a doofus, but here he just seems like a fucking complete moron. <laughs> I think yeah. he was just like kind of like a like an innocent naive kid, like not an idiot, right. but like just like unaware of things. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he was 
He never Clearly came off as this stupid. stupid. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Ron Howard make a decision this bad since he signed on to Solo. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag so no. <laughs> so we're about to Fonz in the fucking volcano. Box right? office so low. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't make it. Here's the line of the show. It's a good movie. Mm. One of the lines of the show. And it's not a good movie. Hey, I'm real sorry, cool, but that ain't gonna work either. But this hollow stalagmite could be just what we need. Hollow stalagmite. How does he know that the stalagmite is hollow? I'm gonna guess that the Fawns didn't know what a stalagmite was. Uh, even more, like I, I did. I don't know how I missed that line. I was. I wrote down. Oh, he's so strong and impervious <laughs> that he can turn stalagmite into a blowhorn and woo cave ladies. What? what? Like, who? Like, all right, so he's not as strong as I thought he was, but he can still rip the stalagmite off and he still right. knows it's hollow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's so cool. He's infallible. He's like the, the Pope of cool. He is the, the greatest man that's ever lived. The Pope of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want that on a t-shirt. Pope Fonzie the fourth. It's actually tattooed on my lower back. It's my tram stamp. <laughs> Means a lot. Mm. It's also your uh, your aim handle back in the day. Did they spell it wrong? It was poke of cool. Uh, mm. Whatever works. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. It's a bad location for that. So now they're all standing above the mouth of the volcano, which again, very hot. But Fonzie has fashioned a bullhorn out of the stalagmite. And man, you know, whenever my friends are being held hostage, right? I'm like... You just, you gotta, you gotta take my friends and let them go on their way, right? Shailen, what do you think? I think a lot of things about this particular line, and I don't want to hesitate any longer. So you you had a home run set up before, and I tried to, I tossed you a softball, and you wouldn't do it. Well, there have been many songs written about this line, but... I say let my people go! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, (laughs) so... He's so cool. He's he's quote like, the Ten Commandments he's here. He's the fucking Moses of cool here. A lot of things going on here. My God. And then he started like stenciling stuff into the hollow stalagmite. Yeah. Hey, look, <laughs> I got these commandments of cool. Okay. <laughs> Commandment one: Don't be a loser. <laughs> Commandment two: Be cool. Commandment three: Forget about it. Commandment four: Wear leather. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you guys ever watched Happy Days. You know, I did. I, I watched this cartoon. They elbowed jukeboxes and ate hamburgers yeah. and, and had malts. Lots of malts. Yeah, and they were like cardigans and Tom Bosley was like, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a gnome, son. Fonzie's voice is strong enough that he can project through the stalagmite up to the top of the volcano. This mountain is huge, by the way. It scares away the cavemen. The whole village leaves. They leave the kids behind. Fonzie, in approximately three seconds, climbs out the mouth of the volcano. <laughs> he must have, like, like Incredible Hulk jumped up halfway or something, because he's just out. you think that would be the end of the show, but no, there's, like, seven fucking minutes left. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> They're going to go back to the time he's machine. going. Which they know is at the Brontosaurus, right? But first, they got to walk by the village. And you walk by the village. I don't know what the hell this was. The cavemen are all dancing, and the camera just zooms in on their legs, and they have all these lumps and stuff. Yeah. What this was. It was alarming at best and disgusting at worst. It's like weird, flappy. God damn. Yeah, it was these weird, lumpy calves. Like, like when you see like a, a like a old fit dude 
cycling around your town. You're like, oh, look, where your calves look like that? This is weird. <laughs> it's like they all have leprosy or something. But their plan is that they're going to walk around covered in bushes, right? But Mr. Cool, of course, fucks it up and he walks directly into the cavemen. And now their cover is blown. And you would think the time is of the essence. You got to be fast. But what does Richie say? We're not going to run, are we, fine? You've got a better idea, Rich? I guess not. What the fuck? What is going on? Why? What's his aversion to running? 13 episodes of this series has him delivering that line in the exact same <laughs> so intonation. Th- yeah. We're not going to run. They're, they're running from genies. They're running from aliens. They're running from like saber-toothed tigers. Yeah. We're, we're oh, man. We're not going to run. And then, well, here's another Richie line. Let's just get it out of the way. What are these Cape Cats going to learn? You guys stand aside. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> I really like Richie. This actually. Oh, these Cape Cats. <laughs> just you could smell the effort coming off this guy. So now they're riding dinosaurs the cavemen are riding dinosaurs they do like this weird bullfighting bit it's horrible it's awful yep and now the cavemen are in the mud or whatever and the gang is celebrating and they're doing like these weird hand circles and then fonzie takes a shit (laughs) that was pretty good I'm speeding through a lot of stuff here because there's just there's just a lot happening. But they find cool the time machine, two, ben. <laughs> and it's in the mud, right? So they use the brontosaurus. They find rope somewhere. I don't know where. They use the brontosaurus's head to pull the time machine out, and now they have the time machine out. Right. And everybody else goes inside. They start to get ready, but who shows back up? But Bruda. She finds Hunky Baby, and. <laughs> Here we get a little. The bear of, just didn't do enough for her. It's true. She's a woman with urges and cool. needs. Nothing wrong with that. Here we start to see a little bit of Cupcake's jealousy. Easy. Fonzie, there's no time for that now. The countdown's already started. We take off in 10 seconds with or without you. <laughs> and it's like, so is she really just going to leave him there? <laughs> like, fuck this guy. I don't know. It's a weird time machine, right? That she has little to no control over anything yeah. about it. I mean, I saw the pictures that flew out of his wallet in the beginning of the episode, and <laughs> Cupcake was not in there. So if I was Cupcake, yeah, I'd leave him behind, too. <laughs> but the episode, we're, I mean, we're past the climax. We're, we're moving to the end. But we haven't hit the high point. And the high point is coming right here. I'm going to play this audio, and then we're going to talk through this. Because this, in a show... That defies belief. This is the most belief-defying thing of all. Oh, you wonderful cave lady. You you asked for it. The famous Fonzarelli immobilizer. So he kisses her, right? He bends her over backwards, like a like a classic Marine kissing his girl coming home. And she turns into Dana Barrett from Ghostbusters. She goes <laughs> stiff as a board and is literally floating in the air. He has given her the Fonzarelli immobilizer. And boy, the implications behind this are, yeah, yeah. oh boy, <laughs> this is rough. In terms of red flags, this has all of them. Yeah, yeah this, this was not great. <laughs> like I watched it and I was like, come up to this point, you're like, wow, this is just a really strange show. And then you hit this, and it's like, wow, we've, we're kicking into another gear here, man. This is a strange way to get out of this like, situation. If, if your kisses can do that, 
Like that with great power comes great responsibility, right? Sure. And the fact right. that he named it the Fonzie Immobilizer just shows us <laughs> that he has abused this power before and he will continue to abuse it. Cupcake is scared for her life. That's why she wants to leave him behind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he gets on the time machine. And we get a little bit more dialogue. Is it over? Oh, God. Almost. We're God close. damn it. Seven more hours. We're getting there. Hey, Fonz, that was some kiss. Yeah. You think Ooh. she'll ever come down from cloud nine? Sure she will. In months? Nobody ever kissed me like that. I don't know. So they're talking about what a proficient kisser this guy is. And ostensibly, they're headed back to 1957, except Mr. Cool fucks up the time machine again. So the answer is, and I don't like violence against animals uh, in movies. It makes me sad. I can't watch them. They should just kill Mr. Cool. It would have saved them all a lot of trouble. They don't have to kill him. They just need to leave him behind. Right. Let yeah, him live a long, productive life how to get home. elsewhere. So this goes on for 22 episodes, which means they keep fucking up the time machine. And I'm going to take a wild guess. There's no real explanation for why they can't get back. Like, let's use Quantum Leap again as the corollary. It's a quantum leap because there's something random about it. Like, he never knows where he's going to go. He has no control over it. Ostensibly, they control the time machine and they keep fixing it. So they should be able to get to where they want to be. Cupcake says as much. But they never explain why they just go in other parts of time. None of them are any good at being mechanics. (laughs) It's just... It's crazy. So, So then the show ends after 46 or 47 minutes. Yes. And that is... Uh, the whole title the fawns in the happy days gang so would you show this to a, a real cool kid these days i would not mm-hmm. it was a little bit grating and had too many things that are culturally they were fine in 1980 i guess like mm-hmm. societally people were fine with it but now i'm no i don't want to encourage that dave i mean if like the kid expressed an interest in starting to wear leather jackets, then yes, I would show the kid this this cartoon just because mm-hmm. like look, look, this is what happens. Like get be prepared to be this cool. <laughs> Fair but enough. otherwise, no, not really. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't either. I mean, just quality bars and all that stuff. And I mean, what else could we go with? But one to five, Fonzarelli immobilizers, Shailen. I would give it a two, and I'll tell mm-hmm. you why. It was not good. Sure. It was long. <laughs> Absolutely. But watching it two, see, two is my number. Mm-hmm. I had to watch it two times to come to the conclusion that, no, ah. I was not the idiot. The cartoon was stupid. Ah. 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 Two. 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 Do you want to add that half on? <laughs> no, it, was, it wasn't fine, though. <laughs> it was not fine. It's not fine. It's not fine. Just a little under fine. <laughs> I'm torn with this one. I, I don't know if I want to rate it a one because it was like god awful and interminable. <laughs> and I hated Fonz and I hated Mr. Cool and like Didi Khan. You know, shame on you. You can do better. And you did better with Shiny Time Station. So she's no you. she's no Diddy Kong. Good yeah. for her for escaping. Yeah. Right. But I also want to give it a five because I enjoy <laughs> car wrecks of, of media like this. Like just like when everything just doesn't work. Mm. I love it. Talking about it tonight really made me like, I just wanted to get it over with. So I think I'm going <laughs> to stick with a one. Like I was just like, by the end of this, I was just like, come on, Ben, hurry up. Let's fly through this. No, no, no. Um, no. You have to savor <laughs> these things. <laughs> but uh, so it's, it's going to be a one for me. I was also torn here because I kept going back and forth 
among a few things. One, the show was terrible, like objectively bad. And it was also very clearly like a money grab, right? I mean, there's no other reason. I mean, all of these shows exist to make money, but this is very clearly like, hey, kids might like Happy Days. Let's let's tap into that market. But the earnestness with which this show was clearly made, like, yeah, this is fucking Happy Days for kids. We're killing it. It, it appeals to me in a way that something like the Mike Tyson mysteries does not, right? Like right. irony in this kind of media on this mainstream scale didn't really exist back then. And I, I think I like that. So I'll, I'll go with Shalen. I will also, I will too say a two. It was two. slightly below fine, but it was watchable. Yeah. I will never watch it again. And I'm glad we talked about it, but there you go. So tonight's game is up to me and I don't know shit about happy days as we have discussed. So we're, we're bringing back an old favorite. We're tweaking it. And I don't remember what I called it back then, but this is The Price is Right? Oh, no, no. Oh, God, I'm terrible at this game. But but I've made allowances. I've made okay. allowances. I, I've tweaked it. So I've gone to eBay, and I've looked up some of the shows that we've talked about, and I pulled some merchandise items, things like that, and how much they sold for. I don't care how much people list them for, because you can list stuff for, like, thousands of dollars. I only care what actual people paid actual money for. Real hard figures. Yeah. yeah. Real cold hard cash. So I'm going to give you guys the show and the item, and you have to guess how much it's sold for. I don't care about going over. None of that matters. Just whoever's closest. Whoever's closest gets a point. If you're within 10% of the price, you get an extra point, a bonus for you. Now I'm giving you guys some lifelines. What I realized as I made these lifelines is because you guys are both answering, the lifelines will help you both. But deploy them as you see fit. I have three lifelines. I'm only going to give you the names of them. When you invoke them, I will tell you how they work. Okay? Okay. So I did try to theme these to, to Happy Days a little bit. Uh, digits in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Back in my day. And Elbow the Jukebox. All right. So you guys can deploy each of those once. You can do it at your choice. If somebody wants to shout it out, fine. If you guys want to collaborate on it, that's fine too. We're here to have fun. Are we ready to go? So digits in the bathroom. Back in my day, and elbow the jukebox. I, I was hoping it would be phone a friend and we'd have a, a special guest host come. <laughs> uh, I didn't. I didn't coordinate that that well. <laughs> because one never knows how long we're going to ramble about things. So you can't have somebody like just waiting around for a call that may never come. <laughs> hey, guest host Mike, Kendall, or Emily, can you guys uh, just stand by for two hours? Stick around for two hours, yeah. yeah. We can ask you a question about happy days. I feel like if any of us just called one of those three people now without telling them that we were going to call or why, and we just called them, we're like, hey, tell me this thing about happy days. Also, logistically, uh, hooking stuff in requires cords. I don't have, guys. That's fair. I'm no fucking tech wizard over here. Fine, fine. Let's get started with the game. So let's get into it. Phonophons was a bad idea. I'm sorry. (laughs) So... First show, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. The item we are talking about is a set of five pins. So it's the five Rescue Rangers. It's the whole gang, and it was an exclusive at D23. You can use a lifeline, or you can just guess the price. What it sold for. What it sold for. No shipping involved either. This is just the base price. I don't want to screw up you guys. $73, $73. US. $73, okay. $224. $224. Well, Dave, you were closest at $244.99. And I think you're about 10 cents off of the 10 cent, the 10% bonus structure. 
Because <laughs> oh, it's two forty-five. Oh, so actually, it. no, you're about fifty cents off of the the bonus point. But Dave gets the point on that one. So maybe you don't need these lifelines. I don't know. Maybe you do. It's up to you guys. I've been preparing for this game since the last <laughs> time we played it a year and a half ago. I was like, I'm looking up every thing, single ever. cartoon memorabilia Ben could ever think of. Our next show, Sonic Underground, and the item. Volumes one and two DVDs, so the complete series, all of Sonic Underground. Oh, God. Uh, $150. $150. $100. $100. Actual price, $79.88. (laughs) This weird DVD market for shows like this, really fascinating because you can find these things online. Like, what value are you getting in having those particular DVDs? But... People love Sonic Underground. That is remarkably true. We should probably tag it in the show notes today (laughs) for this episode. No bonus points. Number three, Thundercats. The cardboard backing from a 1986 Lion-O figure. So just the cardboard it came on. Not the plastic, nothing to do with the toy. Just the cardboard back. $30. $30, okay. $100. (laughs) (laughs) So Dave takes that one. People love Lion-O. It's true. That that one was surprising to me. Um, Lion-O and uh, the cardboard ground he walked on. Well, figure if someone had the figure and they wanted to display it with the cardboard. That's what I was picturing in my head. (laughs) I'll I'll pay anything. I I don't know what to do with this figure. It's the last piece of my collection. (laughs) (laughs) So we have... Seven more rounds, all three lifelines still in play. Next up, Tiny Toon Adventures. The Happy Meal from the early 90s. They were the Wacky Rollers line. All six of the Happy Meal Wacky Rollers. Mint in bag. $30. $30. Can I use a lifeline? You can use a lifeline. And because Shailen has already guessed, Dave, this one is all you. This one is just for you. Shailen is locked in. Well, what lifeline would you like to use? I'm going to go back in my day. So back in my day, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you how much this item cost in 1955 compared to today's dollars. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, God. I'm not going to tell you the inflation rate. You're going to get real sad. (laughs) Yes. Or I think this might make it worse. In 1955, (laughs) this item would have cost $1.36 for all six of those Happy Meal toys. Sounds like a bargain, but then you get a factor in inflation. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. $97? The correct answer is $12.99. <laughs> yeah. So inflation is not like 9,000%. It's only like 900%. I don't know. You could buy a house for like $2,000 back then. <laughs> it's true. From the Sears and Robux catalog. Yeah. So back in my day is now out of the equation here. So we got two lifelines left. You guys can use them at your leisure. Next up is California Dreams. And I smelt a little bullshit with this item, but I'm going to give it to you just as it was explained in the listing. So it's DVDs of seasons two and three, and they were called production DVDs, which the seller claimed were like DVDs that were sent to the networks for use. DVDs weren't around back then or like that, like that. They weren't used like that. Yeah. And they just look like DVDs that like you would buy and burn yourself. So I I call bullshit on, on the item, but it did sell. Seasons two and three of quote unquote production DVDs. How much? $70, Ben. $70. 
Final answer? Final answer. <laughs> I'll bring in every element of every show ever. Shailen's in at $70. Dave? $30.95. Oh, boy. By about 95 cents, Dave takes it. The <laughs> Right in the middle, $50. Yes. yes. Damn it. $50. Again, I... I, I like buying frivolous, stupid bullshit, but the frivolous, stupid bullshit you see is just crazy. So we're at the halfway point. Cool dudes with attitudes. Two, two lifelines still in play. Garfield. As we know, big merchandising behind Garfield. This is an aquarium that was made in 1978 that had Garfield's head, and then the body is like clear glass, and the fish live in Garfield's stomach. Holy shit. <laughs> a cool-ass looking item. Looks very 70s. This is mint in the box. Priceless, 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 priceless. That's the answer. It is priceless. <laughs> there is no, there's no monetary value you could put on that thing. I'd like to suggest a lifeline here. What lifeline would, are you looking to use here? Digits in the bathroom. Digits in the bathroom is I'm going to give you the first digit and the last digit. And you can both use this. This is a communal lifeline. First digit is two. Last digit is nine. Is it sense as well? Or is that giving too much away? I will answer that. Yes, it is sense as well. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to like leave you guys in the ocean here. <laughs> Tempting as it may be. $200.99. Okay. Okay. Dave? I was around the same ballpark. I was going to say two eighty nine ninety nine. The correct answer. Two ninety nine ninety nine. I think Dave has eBay open. So, not fair. <laughs> so Dave not. gets the point and the ten percent bonus point. Fuck yeah! But did you buy it for me as a gift? <laughs> no, I don't have three hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, I don't have three hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Next, folks at home, uh, Shailen controls all the accounts because Ben has a spending problem. That's not true. So we've got a few rounds left here. One more. Lifeline in play. Whenever you guys want to use it, the mysterious elbow, the jukebox. Moving on to Johnny Quest, more specifically, the real adventures of Johnny Quest. And what we're talking about here is a style guide for licensees. So it was something that was sent out to people who might make real adventures of Johnny Quest merchandise. So they would know basically what the characters were all about. It's a binder. It has like a metallic look to it, sort of in like the real adventures of Johnny Quest logo. That's kind of cool. Cool looking item. Yeah. How cool? I guess the market's going to have to decide. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, $120. $120. Okay. Yes. Shailen? I'm going to go a flat 200 Shailen gets the point. $175. Oh, man. So, so close. So we've got three rounds left. The current score is Dave, to, Dave five and Shailen three. Those bonus points really coming into play here. Three rounds left. We have... You know, let's go to our mystery item. Mystery item here. They're all I mystery typed... items, Ben. Hmm? They're all mysteries to us. Oh, that's true. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I typed it. Uh... <laughs> that's a fair point. <laughs> By mystery item, I mean loosely connected. So I typed Wienerville into eBay, and there's really not <laughs> much there. But what there is some of are random VHS tapes that people have taped. So I'm going to read you the description <laughs> It, this is exact. This is Sold what by Mark Wiener himself. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a listing from eBay. I'm going to read it verbatim. It's a VHS tape used. Episode of Roseanne, a stash from the past, includes commercials. Wienerville, three episodes from season one, includes commercials and cartoons in intact. Missing cartoon, zip stuck in VCR, humidity. 
it's like a haiku or something. I, I don't know what that last part means at all. But somebody did because they bought <laughs> they bought the tape. How much did they buy the tape for? Seventeen dollars and ninety nine cents. Okay. I was going to say seventeen forty nine. Mm, the old price is right one dollar strategy. Are you locking in at seventeen forty nine, Dave? Yes. Dave gets the point. Nine dollars and ninety seven cents. Yes. Damn it. <laughs> so this person was selling a lot of tapes for that amount of money, and people were buying them. So something to it. So Shailen, you're going to need some scores. It's true. Some ten percent points. We got two left here. One lifeline. Should you choose to use it? Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. A listing for the original Megazord, so the one where they all come together, the Dragonzord and Titanus, which was the big brontosaurus thing, the original 1994, 95 versions, whatever year, all new in box, never opened. Could be a big ticket item. Who's to say? Who wants to take a stab? Should we use the lifeline, Dave? I think so. Why not? You're going to elbow the jukebox? Let's elbow the jukebox. Boom. Hey. Hey. There hey. Is gonna say, I need some A's. Somebody name another show. Any show at all. The Fonz and the Happy Days Gang. So you're going to name one that's going to come up with nothing. <laughs> name a show that might have some merchandise associated. The Flintstones. Uh, Ghostbusters. The Flintstones. Not the real or Ghost- ones. <laughs> all right. I'm just typing in Ghostbusters. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to look up the highest priced sold item. And this is recently sold. So you know that there's going to be some money behind it. Elbow the jukebox is just kicking the thing in, flipping the record. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. Cool. The highest priced item on eBay that has sold recently for Ghostbusters. A 1959 Cadillac commercial chassis Miller Meteor. Essentially, it's somebody who has made an Ecto-1. It looks screen accurate. It's a fresh build with perfection and authenticity in mind. The holy grail of movie cars. So somebody has built... The world-famous Ecto-1. A toy or a car? The actual car? Oh, no, no. It's a real-size car. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) I will tell you, it was previously listed at $475,000. It has been reduced from that number and sold. It looks like whoever bought it ended up backing out, but I don't have time to go down a rabbit hole here. We got to get through this. So somebody bought this kick-ass, cool, like real-life-looking Ecto-1. How much did they commit to, to spending on it? How is this a lifeline? Uh, because it is different. And it's it's like the... Uh, the We're playing the exact same game with a different piece of merchandise. Right. <laughs> yeah, but you, you elbowed the jukebox. <sighs> yeah, you changed the song. Maybe the other one was too hard. It's more of a game of chance than a lifeline, Ben. This right. But, I mean, I've given concept. you a lot of context clues that you wouldn't have had previously. <laughs> We've been lifelined. That's right. I think that someone... Some people could accept the lifeline graciously. (laughs) The really cool, well-themed lifeline. 50 grand. 50 grand. Okay. Dave, what's your guess? 230,000 dollars. 200 and... I forgot what the answer is. (laughs) 225,000 dollars. So Dave gets the point and another bonus point. Now, a commanding lead. So this is really a glory round. But I'm happy for you, Shailen, because... Our last round is the California Raisins. Our item that we're talking about. I'm signing off. I hate this. <laughs> it is a stage. It looks like the stage that they were performing on that mm-hmm. said like California Raisins in cursive. So it's a stage in 27 California Raisins figures. And they are all raisins. I didn't see like Murphy Orange or whatever the fuck those other weird characters were. <laughs> These are all raisins. So a stage in 27 figures. 
How much would you pay for that item? I wouldn't pay for that item, Ben. Wow. <laughs> really leaning into the game here. How many children, Jalen, of yours would you give away for that item? <laughs> None. Um, I think that this is a ticket item 150. 150, okay. Thousand? 150,000, Jalen? <laughs> 150 total. 150, 150, okay. 150. You know what? I think there is a strange market for California raisins, mm-hmm. especially when there's 27 of them. Stranger than $150? Yeah, I'm going to go higher. I'm going to go 300 and. Oh, 340 that would be outlandish but i really like it 215 <laughs> hey so, so shaylin gets the point you know it doesn't change the outcome of the game but you knew your raisins i know my raisins so there's a, a well-tweaked and a well-themed the price is right and i'll lay the music in under all this hey. <laughs> very good stuff the price is right hey. <laughs> on the mailbag if you had to be stranded in Desert Island fashion, in the world of a cartoon, which one would you choose? What world would you want to live in? I want to know the grisly details. Faithfully yours, Max Zorin. Thanks, Max. It's a tough one. Can I flip this a bit? <laughs> that was not his question. Can we guess who's going to say what? Okay. I, I think. So you, you want us to have our answers in mind. Yes. But you don't. You don't want to show your cards until somebody guesses. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. So. Yes, we can do that. Okay. That is a twist. I like it. Uh, it's it's similar to the lifelines. Yeah. But not well as well concepted. themed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well concepted. Not as well themed. But <laughs> I mean, we're doing this on the fly here. We'll flip. It. I, I just elbowed the jukebox. Hey. <laughs> so I think Shailen is thinking she wants to live in the world of the Animaniacs. No. Oh. Shailen wants to live in My Little Pony. Ben married me and and knows my answers very well. (laughs) Why? Low stakes, man. Every day's a party. (laughs) Low stakes. Low stakes. What an answer. You said low, and I wanted to hear testosterone come out so badly. (laughs) It didn't happen, but it's all right. You saw my medical records, I see. (laughs) Okay. Well, you guys. Well, guess you. You guess me, yeah. Okay. Shailen, go first. Bobby's world. <laughs> hmm. No, that was pretty much my world, so I want to try to live in a different world. Ninja Turtles. Close. It was X-Men. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah, that'd be a fun one. That'd be a fun one. Sweet. I don't know if I would be a mutant in this world, but I would certainly like to meet the mutants and like enjoy their uh, their, their escapades. <laughs> enjoy their company. Yeah. <laughs> they seem nice. Mr. Wolverine, thank you for <laughs> thank you for sitting with me. Gajan. <laughs> Thanks for sitting with this, yeah. <laughs> right. um, Do me. Uh, all right, Shailen, you go first. G.I. Joe. No. The Simpsons? No. So I changed my answer. After I said the right one. No, no, you, you didn't say the right one. <laughs> for, as I was reading the question off, I was thinking Beavis and Butthead, so not that far off from The Simpsons, okay. uh, because it's a semi-realistic world that I feel like would it make me go insane? But then I said, no, it's it's Transformers. It's only oh. Transformers. I was um, between G.I. Joe and Transformers, and I figured that the robots leave Earth too often. G.I. Joe feels a little bit too close to home at the moment. That's fair. <laughs> and it, except, That's fair. except everybody is Cobra. <laughs> there are no G.I. Joes. <laughs> uh, Transformers feels dystopian in, in a way that I think I could, could live in. It's I could good, wear... The good dystopia. Yeah. Like, yeah. I could wear 
you know, a yellow hard hat, a white shirt, and blue pants, like every human character in the series. That, yep. that would be nice. Wouldn't have to worry about wearing clothes. Could make friends with friendly robots. Be all right. Can I share? I'm going to share with Dave. So the other night, Ben was watching an episode of Transformers. <laughs> yeah, and that's the, right. <laughs> and the story and, over. Is this a roast? <laughs> no, no, it's even better. So the the human character this? is like, no prime. They call them Decepticons for a reason. And Ben goes, like, just no hesitation. He's not flustered, just very calmly. Like, he, he says to me, it's not like he's th- in an empty room or something. Like, he actually says to me, he goes, yeah, they're not truth of bots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got him. And I, I laughed so hard I had to leave the room and come back. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to pee my pants. And then you missed the emotional center. <laughs> they're not truth of bots. That's right. I liked it. It was very funny. And it's true. They aren't. Exactly. Yeah. That was, it was right. very good. That's right. So um, initially, I, so I said X-Men, but initially I thought like living in the world of Batman, the animated series would be cool. Mm, very gothic. And then I thought like, that's, I don't think it's ever daylight there. That's true. <laughs> it's rare. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they live in Alaska or like Sweden or something. <laughs> it's like those Burton Batman movies. You see, you see daylight sometimes, but it's, it's rare. It's, yeah, rare. it's always overcast. It's very. It's always dark. Yeah. Billy D. Williams is Harvey Dent. It's <laughs> it's it's a strange world. I was thinking a couple of the because our kid has been watching a ton of like superhero cartoons, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, like a couple of the Spider Man universes seem pretty cool and dangerous and horrible and not at all like cartoons. Mm-hmm. My Little Ponies easier, <laughs> Low safer, stakes. Low, stakes. <laughs> Low stakes, Low stakes. No one dies there. <laughs> so so thanks, Max. It's a, a great question and a great twist on the answer. Uh, and we all answered the question that was asked, which these are rare things. This one week break, I think, did us all did us all good. You can email us at email at watchbotspod.com and we'll read your fucking question on the air. And uh, maybe we'll even answer it. Hopefully these are not the end of our happy days, but we have covered a real flagpole in the community here. You know, a real cornerstone. And I'm glad that we did it. Who knows what this new phase will bring? I like just being silent and watching you struggle. Yeah, so do I. Trying to think. (laughs) When we first started the show, I usually had, like, I don't, like, write jokes, but I had, like, a flow of things to hit. And I've sort of given up on that. Because you don't want to be a robot, you know? A go-bot, maybe. But this is off the cuff, baby. What about a truth-a-bot? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) You can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Jiffy, on SoundCloud, at WatchBotsPod. Watch bots plot. Boy, I'm making that joke a lot lately, and it's not a joke. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play and Mobile Safari, anywhere you can find us. For Dave and for Shalen, thank you for listening to this episode of Watch Bots. We'll be back next week. And until then, Shalen is going to leave us with her Wolfman Jack Ringo Starr impression. No, I'm not. Come on. For the listeners. I can't do the Ringo Starr. You keep bringing it up. I can't put a twist on something I can't do. As long as it takes. Okay. I will settle for your Fonzie Ringo Starr. Hey, doobity doobity (laughs) doo. I hate both of you so much. Was that worth it, listeners? Uh, Hit us up. Hashtag worth it. Not worth it. See you next week.